Welcome to Talking Celluloid. My name is Sam. I'm Todd. I'm Rich. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you for very much for joining us. This week we're gonna go do comedies because we've been hitting some pretty heavy or more of the artistic stuff, and it thought maybe it'd be good time for a laugh. Because you know, you know. Oh, you mean I should have chose a depressing comedy? Oh, oh man. <laughs> This might uh, be our first episode where we don't mention Stephen King. That would be crazy. We <laughs> just did. No, I know. You, just, <laughs> you, you ruined it. Or, or kept it going. Keeping it going. Keeping the tradition alive. Yeah. I am sure that Stephen King has written at least one comedy. Yeah. Well, if, if so, it'll come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, interesting. They started well, a comedy club. You know, Uncle Stephen's <laughs> Laugh Factory. <laughs> what have we been watching lately, guys? Uh, I, I watched bad trip, uh, the Eric Andre movie. I like I that. It. I like, I, Eric I, Andre. like if, yeah, if you like Eric Andre, you will like this Eric Andre. Uh, the best way I could describe it is it, it's like if Borat occasionally gave you some like hope for humanity. Oh, cool. A lot of the yeah. people that get caught up in it are pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I think what I like about his humor, I love Borat. Don't get me wrong. But what I liked about this was I didn't feel like he was exploiting the people as much, which always makes me feel because I'm weird, makes me feel uncomfortable, like during Borat, even though I love it. Yeah. And so when he's Eric Andre, it's kind of like bringing people in on the joke a little bit at the end. It doesn't feel as mean spirited. And I, I ended up liking that about the the movie. I saw it too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's a hidden camera show. Movie, uh, it's a hidden camera movie with a overarching plot, just sure, kind of like stapled onto it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at one point, uh, a dude pulls a knife on them in a hair salon, and uh, that was when Lil Rel uh quit the movie until like they they substituted a safe word for like the crew to be like, Oh, this got too real, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, also saw Kong, didn't like that. Okay, I'm kind of, I, I didn't see King of the Monsters. I started it and like kind of got bored, but I love, what's his, Michael Doherty? I love that guy, but man, I don't know. I, and I love Kong Skull Island, but that King of the Monsters was so boring. I had to turn it off. So uh, I see, didn't really like hate it, hate it, but I did not like it. Yeah. See, I watched King of the Monsters. I watched Kong versus Godzilla. And what I've realized is my extreme weakness is that I love watching giant monsters fight each other because I still ended up liking both of those movies, despite the fact that uh, I would say borderline objectively, you're right that they are flawed movies that are boring at times. It's just there's something about like the large scale production. I watched King of the Monsters in IMAX, which I can tell you definitely oh, makes a difference. Sure, uh, totally. when you see <laughs> when you see some of those fights in there. Uh, I didn't see Kong versus Godzilla that way, so maybe that's why I liked it a little bit less. But uh, I agree the 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 human parts are bad. I think I said in a review I wrote they could almost be replaced by like inter title cards like you see in a silent movie uh and you could almost just describe what's happening and then get to the next fight that would be better all you're doing is underwhelming or undermining your future plot in this movie and you're you're just making it fall apart like my biggest gripe about you know godzilla versus kong is that there's very little godzilla versus kong in this movie there's mostly a bunch of exposition shots or people like taking transport one place to another right right I do think that if I saw either of these in the theater, I would have given it more of a pass because I'm with you, Todd. Like, 
Dude, Pacific Rim is not like a perfect movie, but I I yeah. love that movie. Oh, I'll watch I love that Pacific day. Rim. Yeah, yeah, I will watch yeah. that movie any day of the week, but I understand it's not like masterpiece theater. I want to watch robots punch monsters. That sounds awesome. And it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't Absolutely. see Pacific Rim too because I don't have time. So for that. Uh, not, not good. Not great. Yeah. That's what I heard. I was like, all right. And and once um, Del Toro wasn't involved, I was like, yeah. What I mean, I typically see? projects get better when Guillermo del Toro leaves it. Oh, wait, no, that's not what happens at all. Yeah, <laughs> <never>. <laughs> um, I've been watching, we've been still watching more Veep, which I liked a lot. I watched a weird movie on Shudder that was okay. It was pretty good. It was called um, Don't Go in the Fucking Attic. Have you guys seen that one? <laughs> no. It's it's kind of like a, like Don't Breathe. It's kind of in the same vein. It's about yeah. these three movers who are, they're like basically told they have like a couple hours to like, you know, or up until the evening to like get everything out of this house. This old man's moving. He's a creepy dude. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't go in the attic or don't go in the basement. Of course, turns out Nazi scientists, monsters, you know, it gets, it's, it's very paint by numbers as far as like a horror movie goes, but I had a good time. There's some like really cool, creepy shit in it. So it's worth a watch. If you I'd want say. to subvert expectations, you make a movie called that and then they just never actually go in the basement. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, <laughs> or the attic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go in the fucking attic. And they're like, "Hey, you hear that scratching in there?" Yeah, just don't worry about. It. We got other shit to do. Let's just get paid and get out of here. Well, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so yeah, I I also caught uh, the newest episode of Creep Show, which I loved. It it's Rob Schraub uh, taking the concept of Ted Raimi goes on Antiques Roadshow with a Necronomicon. And no way. Yeah, it's oh, it's so perfect. Lot. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Highly recommend. That's great. Uh that and uh Made for Love on HBO is super fucked up, but is very well acted and like off to an interesting start. I think that's something we're gonna start watching soon. Like me and um my partner are gonna start watching that soon, I believe. So it's, it's, it's good so far. But as far also, as uh, that goes. that Amazon uh Invincible uh it's it's a cartoon based off of uh the works of the guy who made the walking dead comics and it's it Robert Kirkland, kind of right? just yeah 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 um back to creep show real quick because i want to say something if you haven't seen the christmas special it rules with adam pally did you see that one Oh, yeah, I've, I've watched all of them yeah i didn't love season one i thought there were some really good ones i think it was like half and half for me but that Christmas, I have such a soft great. spot for anthologies that I, I know I gave all of it a pass. There, even the like, the, yeah, I could have done without the monkey paw one. That was like the boring. I was like, I've seen this a trillion times, but whatever. yeah, that's just me. But anyway, sorry, I just I wanted to go back to Creep Show. Oh, Stephen King. Well, doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> How wrong you, you I can, was. You can take that space off on your bingo card at home. Yeah. There we go. Um, let's see something I watched recently, one that I know you're both going to be familiar with, but even though I am starting to get to know you better, I don't know at all how you'll respond to this. I rewatched the film, the cabin in the woods recently. Um, and this is a film that I ended up enjoying every time I see it. I think I'm going to end up not liking it, but I end up kind of enjoying it. Uh, thoughts about the cabin in the woods, the, uh, homage film, um, yeah. I loved it so, the first time I saw it in theaters. I really mm-hmm. loved it. I bought, I have it on DVD. I, cause I, I ran out and bought it the day it came out back yeah. when people used to do stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I like it a lot. I think that Joss Whedon, as I've gotten older, has become less and less um, uh, important in my eyes. Or I kind of think 
kind of as shit isn't great as great as it used to be. Like I rewatched so, Fire, Firefly and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And, uh, yeah. For me, Joss Whedon was never anything. This is like yeah. my favorite thing from Joss Whedon, basically. Yeah, me too. That has it's anything to do with Joss Whedon. But I really do like it. I, I paused. I watched it with my daughter who had never seen it before. So uh, who is a budding horror fan. And she got to see all the references that were in it. And sure. I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's like fan service the way I like it uh, in some ways. I think the script is clever. Um, yeah. It helps I like- that he didn't write it alone either the other guy who that's helped, true drew you know. goddard uh seems to be kind of breaking out and having his own voice i don't know if you saw uh what is it like Mid- bad night at the el royale what was oh that yeah i did see that yeah with uh from him i think he's kind of developing his own interesting voice uh sure. i don't know what do you think about uh the cabin in the woods rich uh, i i like it a lot i remember seeing it on opening day and i still remember that uh i had left my phone in my lap and st- Stood up immediately after the movie, launched it down the theater steps, broke my phone, and liked the movie enough that I didn't care. Oh no! Uh, wow. Well, that uh, is but yeah, since then, uh, like I, I like Joss Whedon's writing, uh, but over time, it feels like a magic trick that I figured out. So it's yeah. just not as special oh, yeah, anymore because yeah. he uses the same stuff in everything he does. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you, you mean there's, there's a like little wafy, you know, chick who can bust heads and yeah like oh uh is it's kind of like i don't know tarantino and his his foot fetish scenes you just you know where it's going and yeah yeah i mean i yeah i I feel the same way like i said cabin the woods is by far my favorite thing he did i like the first avengers i don't like age of ultron i uh i love the ending of cabin in the woods like i remember watching that and thinking i was gonna hate it like the first 20 minutes because it felt so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and like they pull that rug out from under you and that's where that movie gets fun yeah yeah i i like that they did not pull a punch on the ending and they're just you know full-on bring on the lovecraftian monsters i also think richard jenkins and bradley whitford are just amazing amazing. as the two guys (laughs) I love Bradley Whitford so much. I would yeah, watch that good. guy do anything. Yeah. <laughs> also, that movie gave us the collapsible three and a half foot bong. So, yeah, it's, yes. it's not all. Yes, absolutely. We can't forget about that. We can't. Um, I, 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 one of the hardest times I laughed, though, was that my, I'm on a hidden camera show. My parents are going to think I'm such a burnout. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, and then also like the stuff like, oh, you know, we we've made a hair dye that makes her dumb, like uh, dumb blonde joke. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, I love. So fantastic. <laughs> and and the merman, merman, the merman is wonderful. Yeah, merman's wonderful. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, just a random one. I don't know if either of you guys are into anime. I'm in a part of this club where we all have to assign each other movies uh this challenge that i'm in in a film club that i'm a part of and somebody assigned me an anime film called night is short walk on girl and i will completely even though anime is not always my thing recommend this film night is short walk on girl it's basically just a celebration of drunkness and weirdness that takes place uh in this like one night where this guy is trying to woo a girl but the girl doesn't even realize or notice that the guy exists and it's this kind of like bizarre i don't know how to describe it it's this bizarre film that uh transcends genres because it gets into like musicals uh drama comedy science fiction all sorts of weird stuff but anyway just to throw that out there it's one i actually saw earlier today 
Right on. Yeah, all my friends in um Carson are all obsessed with anime. And I I have a long list of it's almost overwhelming when you're not into something like anime. Oh yeah. And everyone just throws everything at you. And it's like I've seen the I've seen a couple of the I'm gonna butcher his name and everyone's gonna be mad. Mirazaki. Did I say it right? Miyazaki. 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 Oh, see, nope. Uh, Miyazaki films. Like I saw um, you know, spir- spirited away, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always get spirited away in spirit, the one about a horse confused. Yeah. They get them wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, I loved all that. The anime is just such like a big, like, oh, it feels it's like huge. a big hurdle to like, do you, like how, where do you even start? No, I'm in no way an expert. It was like I said, this was recommended to me by somebody in a, a group I'm in. And so I'm glad because it's not something I typically get exposed to, but sure. it's probably one of the, the better animes I've watched in a while. So I would recommend it. So this morning I revisited something based on a comment from a friend of mine in a group chat yesterday. And she, she said that she decides how she feels about movie podcasts based on how they rate one movie. And that movie was Jennifer's body, which I hadn't seen since 2009. I've never seen it. Like revisiting it. I like it a lot more than I remember liking it. Oh, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer's body is awesome that's a wonderful movie but it was so poorly advertised like it was advertised basically as like a kind of almost like slasher type slasher softcore porn sort of film and in reality it's this really headsy feminist like that's like, Megan Fox, uh, and, right? and that's just it. Is like yeah. I saw a, a review of it that were that was like, you know, watch this through the lens of you know Jennifer being you know what society wants out of a woman and needy being what she wants out of herself, and like yeah, revisiting it through that lens, I'm like, this is a much better movie. Like there's there's a couple little spots where it gets like too quippy for my you know tastes, but overall there's a lot of good stuff there. And yeah, I was surprised. I had a good time. I'm also, gonna I, I like I'm gonna that... watch it because I've never seen it, so no spoilers. I, I oh wanna... yeah, 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 definitely watch it. It's great. Uh, it, it, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna. Vo- we'll talk about this sometime. This, yeah, this yeah, will make I'll, it. I'll make it. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna make sure I watch this soon because I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. So, and then I'm gonna find out that my friend hated this and she's done with our podcast. Uh, <laughs> no i've heard good things it's on like you know those stupid watch mojo or what culture youtube listicle crap you know sure. where it's like mm-hmm. top 10 horror movies that you are underrated and they're always like jennifer's body really good yeah, yeah yeah definitely so they also say house of wax is supposed to be pretty good too but i don't know if i have time for that so. which one the newer one yeah the crap. one was paris hilton yeah that is a surprisingly decent film, in is my it? opinion. Okay. I support I support that film. Uh, Watch it back Paris to back Hilton? with the original, like with Tourist Trap from like nineteen seventy nine. Tourist Trap is the shit, but Tourist it's the Trap's same great. movie. It is literally the same movie, just updated for early sure. odds, and that's what kind of makes it fun. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not really that bad, and I'll even say this: Paris Hilton's completely fine in it. <laughs> she's not even that bad. She's probably the worst part, but she's not that bad. Well, she couldn't have done any worse than that terrible music video she made or whatever when she tried to be a musician. That was pretty awful. So I don't know. She's one of those people where I feel like the the hate around her was definitely manufactured and amplified oh, yeah. a little bit. Like, it was all it was all planned for yeah. sure. Oh. Everything you feel is a lie. Yeah. I also watched Wicker Man 
for another podcast. Original or Nick Cage? Oh, then it was the end of March Madness. We forgot we had another week technically. Oh, no. Because it ended on a Tuesday, so I had to watch Whoopies. it. Dude, I had to watch the... I didn't realize that, that I rented the PG-13 instead of the unrated version. And oh, it no. cuts out all of the... um all of the gore like you don't get to see the bee cage on his head or his legs break you hear it in a voiceover as they're dragging him up to the wicker man you just hear like it's like a narration or like they take the audio and place it over as he's being carried it's oh it was weird i saw the the remake yeah i saw that version of that movie way back in the day when it came out and because it was so bad i in, avoided the original and then i ended up catching oh, the, no, original the original one night on shutter i was like oh this was awesome like yeah. how did this become that uh that's a good question all right so we've talked about horror for the first like 20 minutes of this oh, yeah yeah yeah, the comedy. Right. yeah 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 so okay obviously comedy is one of those really hard things because like it's hard to say this is a good comedy this is a bad comedy because mm-hmm. everyone's like laughing it's like it's so subject i mean all of art subjective anyway but i feel like comedy is probably the most subjective you know right. what i mean like i don't Even like comedy is dangerous because you know it, your feeling about a drama movie is is not going to be challenged your opinions on a comedy movie very well might be yeah and comedies don't age well as uh, no. like they have a far they lower success rate for aging than yeah other which, which is so weird so. because they say that <clears throat> comedy is tragedy plus time yeah, you'd think that right. they'd age better. And yeah, for the most part, just society moves on. And then you right. see something from the 80s and you're just like, holy shit, this was on Comedy Central. Yeah. I think like, that there's some of that. I think that also it depends, like if it's a mean-spirited comedy, and I'll kind of get into like mean-spirited comedies, um, they definitely age the worst. But like oh, yeah. like a, you know, like Spinal Anything Cap- with Jeremy Piven. Yeah, PCU. You guys don't like PCU anymore. Uh, okay, that's the that's the one. I was gonna say I kind of still like that movie. Phantom Draper. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, you're wearing the T-shirt for the band you're about to see. Don't be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that movie changed my whole. George Clinton. Yeah, that movie changed my whole opinion on how to dress for concerts when I saw it. So, yeah, yeah, me too. I yeah. never, I would never do it. I always bought the T-shirt after the show then. Yeah. So, so one of the notes that I made, and I don't know if this was just me high at the time, was that you know, to me, comedy is the opposite of of a magic trick. A magic trick is all about delivering the audience exactly where they expect to be in through a mechanism that they don't expect. And comedy is about taking a mechanism that they expect and understand, and then delivering them somewhere completely else than than where they expect to end up. I think I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you were high. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I just hey, man, you got to know your whole audience, Sam. Right. <laughs> so I, I love, I, I, I love comedy. I know it's such a dumb thing to say, but like all the podcasts, I like, I'm obsessed with like improv comedy or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I love comedy, Bang Bang, and like I, I really like. There's something about stand-up and improv comedy. Like before shutdown, I would love to go to UCB. I'd go went there quite a bit. You know, there's something about it that just it's like a total, it's like the same as moshing in a pit, right? It's like a reset on my life. Be like, okay, I'm I'm cool now, you know. Right. Um, but it's weird, like I, I there are certain types of comedy that I hate and I hate hate. I hate cringe comedy. I hate comedies that's like all about a character who's just getting like terrible things happening to him, like meet the parents and shit like that cannot oh. stand it 
cannot do not see. Yeah, I, do not I watch it. Shiva Baby. Yeah. I love it. Shiva Baby is like your kryptonite. Then when you oh, hear sure. about that, yeah, do not watch that movie. I can't even watch certain episodes of The Office because it makes me uncomfortable. Like I, oh. it's funny. It's funny. Like I saw like the first five seasons or whatever, basically until Pam and Jim got married or had a baby or some dumb shit. Sure. Um, but like even rewatching that, I'm like, I feel uncomfortable. I don't like watching Michael Scott make an ass out of himself. <laughs> like, oh no. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> Since you recommended Shiva baby to me, I mm-hmm. recommended it to several other people mm-hmm. and every single one of them said, no, thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a it's like a comedy. Yeah, and I thought it was something. brilliant. I was just like, yeah, this is so not for everybody, but yeah. like this was for me. It's like an accomplishment when you get through it because it's that crunchy. So that's why it's like uh Sam needs to stay away from it. And yeah. it's coming out on uh it's come it just came out in theaters this weekend. Uh, uh okay. I think it's on streaming too. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Check out Shiva Baby, unless you're yeah, Sam. It was, it was a really <laughs> it was a surprising first movie for her. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only other type of comedy I really hate is like the grown-ups, Adam Sandler, what's Kevin James stuff. And if you like it, that's cool. I'm not going to judge you, but I don't want to watch it with you. Yeah. No problems here. I don't like, I'm not an Adam Sandler fan personally, I but I get that a lot of people was. are into, you know. I mean, like we watched The Wedding Singer when we were little kids and like Happy Gilmore, but I always thought Billy Madison was dumb as hell. I'm like, I don't know. Just never did anything for me, man. I, I had moments where I liked him, but yeah, that he he overstayed his welcome. But at the same time, like I recognize he is a legitimately talented dramatic actor from like right. Punch Drunk Love and uh, the the Safdie Brothers movie um, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. He's great in both of them. Yeah, he's even great in Funny People. He's that movie's yeah. amazing, and he's great in it. He's but and he's, he's that's kind of what it. bothers me about it because it's like yeah. I know you have this talent, and no, this is what you put up. But he's also but. been very open about like the fact that those those vehicles will always bring in money, and they cost it cost the studio a shit ton because they basically just bankroll each other for four years, yeah. Yeah. and then Adam and then you know David Spade's like, hey, I'm running low on cash. All right, here, uh, I got the Netflix deal. Uh, wrong, Missy. Here you go. Yeah. yeah, I think he even yeah, said right. that he he designs his movies so that to he go can on vacation as a party. Yeah, with his yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of um, shitty, and I think it shows through in his later work. So, no. I I don't blame him, but I'm not gonna you know applaud that effort. No, me neither. Yeah, you could have just made a good movie while doing the same shit, and you know then everybody's happy. Having said that, when I was a little kid, I loved Little Nicky. I watched little the shit out of Little Nicky <laughs> when I was a kid. I mean, everybody <laughs> kid has bad taste. If if you if your taste doesn't improve since you were a you know teenager, then you're a shit person. I had the first Leland Biscuit <laughs> records, so you know, take that take everything I say with a grain of salt because they'll be like, "Did you have the first two Kid Rock and the first two Limp Biscuit?" And I'll go and a couple of ICP, and they go, hmm, "Okay, never mind." Yeah, my opinion is not valid. So, yeah. hey, at least you didn't get a tattoo or anything. Yeah, totally. uh what about you Todd? what what do you look for in a comedy i really am just a connoisseur of all sorts i think i do mostly like pretty quick quippy comedy like as i'm looking at my top ones but i also kind of like vulgar comedy sometimes i like silly humor so i i would call myself a generalist when it comes to comedy 
but if there's something I don't like, I, I guess I don't like Adam Sandler style. Like I'm, if there, if I have a weak spot, it's probably slapsticky. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the modern equivalent would be Adam Sandler style comedies. That would be my, my weak point. Other than that, a lot of it just comes down to the quality of the work. I knew I was doing good while getting ready for this and I'd made my top five list and I read it to Liz and she was a couple of them. She's like, those are comedies. I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, let's do y'all. You want to jump into it? Top sure. fives. Sure. All right. Let's start at, uh, let's start at number five. Who wants to go first? Rich wants you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna start us off with a PH thirteen basic uh, choice, Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. This was the movie of Midwestern dads, and <laughs> I I have seen this movie so many times. I ended up rewatching it today because I was flipping between this and Ghostbusters, and then I just oh. went Caddyshack. Oh. Right. Okay. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna go. Um. I tried not to be like too highbrow or anything. And actually, so I picked Life Aquatic for number five. And I actually am not a big Wes Anderson fan. Like, I think he's fine at best. I think he kind of, again, like overshowed his hand or overstayed his welcome a little bit. Like, I got the shtick, even if like Grand Budapest Hotel is better or Moonrise Kingdom is better than maybe some of his earlier efforts. I just, like, I've seen it. It's like, all right, I got it. Like, cool. But Life Aquatic is just pound for pound i love that movie it's so funny and it has the best jeff goldblum line which is some wretched little shit stole my research turtles which is fantastic and will make me laugh every time i think about it but yeah i mean that i think that was like his perfect peak of like his sense of humor coming through his life aquatic and bill murray's the shit so that movie was my freshman year of college yeah and that was like my senior year of high school yeah so makes sense the first time I watched that in the theater, I hated it and I was wrong. Uh, I ended up, uh, no, it was one of those where I don't know if that's ever happened to you where like it was, it's for me, like in the top 10 biggest turnarounds from first to second viewing for some sure. reason, I just didn't like that. something about it turned me off, but now I love it. It's great. I love, big Lebowski. C- I love the use of that Sigaro song at the end. Oh, it's beautiful. So, yeah. I think we all ran out and bought that album. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Add it to our collection of Icelandic alternative. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep it. Yeah. So wait. All right. So my number five, I apologize, will be definitely the most hipster pick of the, the five that we do. It is uh, from 1923. I just went through the mo- the comedies I had rated as, as five stars on Letterboxd and like went from what made me laugh the most was basically how I kind of thought about this, like what really embodied comedy for me. Uh, and this film by Fred Neumeier, uh, starring Harold Lloyd from 1923 is one of the funniest fucking things I have ever seen. And I really sincerely recommend it to people. I showed it to my wife. She laughed out loud. I showed it to my daughter. She laughed out loud. Uh, it's just sincerely funny. It's this guy He's skewering basically like working and like retail life in very funny and into, uh, you know, intuitive ways that are interesting. He's uh, skewering the capital uh, capitalist industry that he's working in. And then at the end for the last 20 minutes, it's physical comedy where he has to climb this building while people are trying to stop him from climbing a building. Long story, but it's a cool movie that I really like. 
and I can't recommend it enough. Did you say the title of it? I think I'm. I don't think you did. Safety, safety last. Oh, okay. Gotcha. My apology. I thought I had said the title. I'm such an idiot. Uh, I was so excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. I forgot to say the title. Uh, anyway, it's Safety Last, the Harold Lloyd film. Um, and it is on the Criterion channel, or you can get it on Criterion. You can probably find versions of it on YouTube. But I just think it's one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. And I, I sincerely love it. And I think it's it's amazing. And people should see it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was wondering, like, can I piece out what he's talking about enough to know what he's talking about? I'm like, nope, not a clue. No, no idea. Not yeah. Yeah. It. I'm glad that you actually <laughs> tossed that out there because I was like, did he say it? <laughs> I ruined the whole thing. I'm the um, worst. Yeah. All right. That's it. Oh, Podcast over. Yep. Podcast done. I'm out, guys. Richard, what's your number four? Uh, my number four. Okay. This was one of the hot take ones. My number four was Parasite. And I know that this is a recent movie, but I laughed so hard at some of the setups. In it's this movie. very funny. The entire family. <laughs> and like, this is the type of humor that does a, like absurd humor is my thing. And yeah, I, this movie. I love absurdist humor. I, I actually laughed a lot during that too. And I, it's weird because it was marketed like a horror movie. It's, but it's really just, it's a hodgepodge of everything. It's got horror elements. It's got drama. It's funny as hell. <laughs> I will love the quote that Bong Joon-ho gave about this movie till the day I die, which is when I made this movie, I thought I was making a Korean movie for Korean audiences. And then when I released it, I realized that we all live in a country called capitalism and that's why it's so universal. <laughs> that makes sense. I think the biggest compliment you can give that film is it's one that like strangely all generations can enjoy. Like I actually showed this to my mom who, uh, is uh in her late 70s and she found it very entertaining so did my dad and my daughter found that movie very entertaining just i feel like anyone can find some sort of entertainment in it if they're at least open-minded enough to be willing to watch a foreign film which unfortunately yeah. a lot of people fucking aren't but like uh you know but as long as they're open-minded enough it's uh it's yeah it's quite a fascinating film it's a good pick it's also one of those movies that from the trailer, a lot of people were like, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to like this. Right. And right. I would literally drag them out to theaters. And then like afterwards, you know, do the cross arm, like, well, what do we think now? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. Totally. Wow. You're such a movie bully. That's yeah, great I though. I'm, I am a jerk. Fight the cause. That's good. No. So for my number four, I, I had a real hard time with this list. I had best in show. Cause it's probably my personal favorite uh, Christopher guest movie, but I'm going to bump it out for a little, like a movie that I don't think not enough people saw called the TV set. Do you guys ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. It stars David Duchovny. A long time. Yeah. It's David Duchovny basically reprising his role as the dude from Californication. He's a TV writer who gets picked up a pilot and it gets picked up by a major network. So Gourney Weaver's in it. Judy Greer plays his assistant. Or, or his manager um that movie is so funny because you watch and especially like working in the tv and movie industry you watch this like great idea for like a smart comedy just slowly get chipped away by the network so by the time the pilot actually airs it's a completely different like adam sandler you know type yeah. of show and it's so funny just to watch david company break down and then like get an ulcer pull his back <laughs> you know just like watching this like process happen even though I said I don't like cringe, I think it's so smartly written. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is amazing in it. And Judy Greer is just, she's the one of the funniest actresses out there who's not sung enough. So 
totally she, worth a watch. She delivers in most of the roles that I've seen her in. Yeah, Judy Greer, she's yeah. the best. She, yeah, she rocks. So yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, check out the three, TV show. Number four, right? Yeah, number four. Okay, number four for me yep. is um, the Edgar Wright film Hot Fuzz. Fuck yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this is <laughs> every time I watch this film, I think maybe this is the time I'll be done with the film, and it's just not. It's just so funny, and it's on top of being just hysterical. It's a really funny, but also good action film. Yeah, like it's like the ending of this film is so funny yet action packed. Oh my god, the, it's the, amazing. The it's, ending it's amazing. with um. Timothy Dalton and the church people. This really yes. hurts. That I know. Yes. Kills me every time. <laughs> I love it. I think part of Edgar Wright's secret sauce for these movies and, and these parodies is that he approaches like he understands the medium that he's mocking. Yes. And and he makes Shaun of the Dead was an effective horror movie and a, a good dark comedy. And he mm. he weaves both of these together really well. Because yeah. you, you can tell he loves these genres too. I mean, like yeah. that's it's it's right. not cynical. It's well, and he, yeah, he gets yeah. all the little like little bits that kind of you know stick out to fans and and make it resonate. Yeah, it's he's fantastic. like a poppy Quentin Tarantino. Almost yeah, weird I way. think they're fr- and they're friends. I know that for sure. Yeah, like, so and it makes Quentin sense. was fun. Yes, I think Quentin's fun. <laughs> I doubt that Quentin's fun. Like, oh, no, sorry, I'm throwing life. that no out way. there. No, in real yeah, life. That's I what I mean. It's like, I feel like Edgar yeah. Wright is a fun person in real life. And Quentin sure. Tarantino, you, after like 20 minutes, you're like, okay, Quentin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I'm exhausted. Like, yeah, exhausted <laughs> is the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Rich. All right. Uh, number three, I have Clerks. It is... Oh. That is that movie is my childhood. That movie was all of my, you know, young adult life as as a service worker. Like nothing has has hit me as more true than the humor in that movie, even as ridiculous as it is. Because, yeah, you feel like you've been in like half of those scenarios just working any service job. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I one hundred percent agree. I, it's by far my favorite Kevin Smith movie. So oh yeah. Well, and it's also, it's just one of those, it's an interesting movie, how it was made. It was a big bet. Um, I I wish that it wasn't, his work wasn't associated so heavily with Harvey Weinstein, but uh, yeah. other than that, yeah. Right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you could say the same about Tarantino, so. Well, yeah. 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 How, about, uh, how about you, Todd? What's number three? Oh, I just wanted to say Clerk's great choice. Uh, yeah, very, uh, very formative for me as well. <laughs> So yeah, I my... remember tracking down that DVD for forty dollars at a Sam Goody. Yeah. Oh, wow. I had the I had the um, I, for some reason I always remember Kevin Smith movies um, uh, having the big DVD two disc. It's like yep. you, you didn't need to have like they didn't have like the flap. It was like the huge like it almost looked like a clamshell VHS. It was that. It big. was an aggressive case. It was an aggressive mm-hmm. case. Good. Yeah. So Sam, did you do your number three? Yet? I did not. And okay, okay, so I did. I wanted to make sure I put an Apatow movie in here, and this will actually go back into the DVD thing. So I ha- I wanted mm. to make sure that I picked an Apatow movie. So it was kind of going back and forth between them. And I think I'm gonna go with Forty Year Old Virgin. And okay. not only is I think it's a huge like obviously it's all in, a lot of it's improv dialogue. I quote that movie all the time, like either the Michael McDonald 
like Paul Ru- Paul Rudd, you know, if you don't turn this Michael McDonald off, I'm gonna kill everyone in the store. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and like, it's so fun. It, it truly hits my humor, but also why I love the Jared Apatow movies is they are the movies that got me into watching movies with director commentary because it's like a mm. whole nother movie of jokes. The way like the way they riff when they talk, sure. they're just that funny. Like those, they are those characters. So you get to have two movies on one DVD, but then you start watching behind the scene features. And then because of that, I started watching Blu-rays and DVDs with like more other more serious movies. It trained me to watch director commentary. Um, commentary. Oh, nice. And um, I just think well, they're fucking pound for pound hilarious. So especially 40 year old version. I think that Apatow has a just a ton of insight on, on the world of comedy. He's yeah. been around for so long. He's worked on so many projects in so many different roles that, yeah, he, he just knows how to tap into something and it's not, you know, it's not always for everybody, but like he, he clearly understands the, the mechanism. Yeah. yeah. And if for he nothing get... else, sorry, you go. Oh, no problem. He gets a certain sort of white guy. If that makes sense. <laughs> he, uh, sure, he sure does. <laughs> But like he gets that white guy really well yeah, yeah. Uh, is how I would think about his films, which I enjoy them as well. Yeah. I think yeah. about the line though, where he's going through his action figures and throwing them out. He's like, what is this? Is this the million dollar man's boss? He's more, he's worth more money than uh, Steve Austin. Well, that may be the case. <laughs> the way he delivers that line kills me. So, and, and some of the jokes don't age very well as obviously, you know, you know, you know how I know you're gay, all that stuff doesn't really right, right, right. But there's enough in there that's, and again, it's even though there's some mean jokes in it, it's still a very like it's not a mean spirited movie. Sure, I agree. Yeah, all those movies are definitely very heartful. Yeah. Next, my number three is Peter Jackson's 1992 film Brain Dead, which I don't know. Have y'all seen Brain Dead? Yep. Yep. Okay, so I. I'm kind of obsessed with this movie. It's a movie I've watched a bunch of times. Uh, it's about a Sumatran rat monkey that bites uh, Lionel Cosgrove's mother and things go pretty weird from there. It's just over the top, relentless, nonstop, in your face, over the top comedy gore horror that makes me laugh out loud like every time i see it like a decent amount and i love it and i'm kind of obsessed with this movie no i kick ass for the lord (laughs) yes (laughs) well and like this movie so you know growing up in the 80s 90s etc uh, this movie was so notorious. Like no. this was the movie that you hear about. Like oh, in in some markets, it was released like with split frame, and like half yeah. of the image was people imagery, so you could look away from the violence. And or in some countries, it came with like a vomit bag. Like the marketing <laughs> was on point, and yeah, it was like it, Cannibal Holocaust, where it's like I I couldn't find it forever. I know, yeah, Rich, yeah. you you confused me with a friend who said you couldn't watch. I couldn't like didn't watch yeah. it right yeah yeah you got the wrong person um <laughs> but um yeah i remember like trying to find it because i remember we had it at the vhs store uh, in america it was released as dead alive correct yeah yeah and i remember that case was the you know mouse being pulled apart and i found it one time and then by the time i was old enough to rent rated our movies it was gone you know and like couldn't find it forever until college i think it was the first time i saw it 
So. It is so weird that the same guy who made that went on to make, you know, three of the highest grossing Hobbit I movies know. of all times. And I then know. three more Hobbit movies. <laughs> <laughs> and the Frighteners, which is one of my, that could have been on my Frighteners list. The, the Frighteners bomb. is hilarious. Hot, hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I really love his King Kong movie it's yeah, uh, yeah i think it's freaking awesome it takes it the first hour really wish could be about 20 minutes instead but other than that it's an amazing film he's he's an interesting I also director they worked the Sumatran rat monkey in as well yes. yeah they did yeah <laughs> they did we had to watch the behind the scene features of that in college because of the they have like a whole like hour-long documentary on the holy design or some shit like that nice i remember we oh, had wow. to watch that in college yeah they're like i love that shit teacher must have been hung over and he's just like here watch this this is sound design fucking watch it like, oh, well, <laughs> all right <laughs> but yeah that's a great movie man all right great thank you uh rich number two okay here here is my last hot take one which is Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Okay. This All movie right. is so weird and funny and horrific and like unsettling that I, I don't know what all it is about this movie, but I just love the hell out of it. Ready for what? my big reveal? Never seen it. What? Oh, wait, I know. What? I know. <laughs> that is a hot take. <laughs> I'm never got shocked. To it. Never I'm got around to it. I, I just never got around to it. So I highly I, recommend. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic film. I think this is a great choice. It's not one that I would have thought of. Like, I think I went with, uh, like, my mind for comedies went in a different direction than yours, but yours is great. Uh, and uh, this is wonderful. It's a wonderful pick. I saw it for the first time in middle school with a weird teacher who showed it to us. And I laughed a lot and some of the other students did too. Uh, and then when I got older and I see it, I laugh even more. It's a, it's a wonderful film. Sure. That, that's just, it is nothing in this movie should be funny by any stretch of the imagination. And yet I'm dying this entire movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When we finish the zoom call, uh, Sam, go watch Dr. Strangelove. Okay. I will. Well, Immediately. I won't today, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get around to it. Um, well, I, and it's so funny you say that because this is kind of, it's similar in vain as Dr. Strangelove, even though I have seen, I can say this, um, very, um, I, I can say this wholeheartedly, uh, basketball is my number two. So <laughs> I think basketball is one of the best movies ever made. It's probably one of the movies I quote the most. You could argue it's mean spirited, the whole psych out thing, but I think it like as a young man watching it, it really taught me and my friends, um, the art of uh, riffing on each other or, you know, slamming each other. Uh, I think that's also why I like to show the league a lot. It really captures the way friends talk to each other. So funny to me. And it's like ingrained forever in my brain. Nice. I haven't seen this movie in forever. So maybe I should revisit it. I think the last time I saw it was in the theater and I remember liking it. Yeah. I just it's, haven't since then. If you like South Park, especially early South Park, you'll love it. I mean, it's just yeah. so dumb. It's not clever. I mean, it's not, it is clever. It's just not, um, it's not highbrow. That's for damn sure. Sure, so, sure. Also, I remember growing up in Wisconsin, like, oh, it's in Milwaukee beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And real big fish yeah. is in it. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that's my number two. Oh, that's right. Real big fish is singing Take On Me. Yeah. Right. Yep. In it. 
I yep. remember that now. Okay. What a weird thing to remember. All right. My number two is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Fair. So this is a film I grew up with uh, for every Christmas, which is strange to say, like, if you watch a movie every year, all of a sudden that starts to build up and be one of the movies you've probably seen the most in your life, right? So, like, I've seen... (laughs) I've seen this movie at least once or twice every year and it still just makes me laugh a lot like I know Chevy Chase is apparently a horrible man but damn was he funny like in this particular film the cast is just so freaking good like I there are so many parts of it that I quote and impact me uh you know like in the way that I like communicate with people um I just really like it it's a film I enjoy uh, but if y'all don't like it, that's cool. What do y'all no, think? <laughs> I, it's, I have, you know, my sister is very adamant whenever I'm home for the holidays that we have to watch that and a Christmas story. And it's great. I mean, like there's, I mean, I've seen it probably six or seven times now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's one of those movies that like, I, it, because I've seen it so much, I don't remember the last time I saw it from start to finish. Sure. It's just always on on Christmas. So you kind of walk in and out and you see your, I, my whole thing was the tree sap on the hands and like the hair yes. and the bag. That, that's my favorite scene in the movie. That shit gets me for some reason. I am well into the double digits of, of viewings of this movie. Cause it's like one of my mom's favorite movies. And yeah, we watch it every year. Uh, I, I hit a point where I got kind of, you know, sick of it for a while, Yeah, but even, even at this point, it's starting to come back around again. Uh, it's like that joke that just keeps going one bit too far and then it keeps going a little bit further until it comes back around it that's what sure. this movie is yeah. for me yeah uh yeah. also todd have you ever gotten a you know why is the carpet wet todd all the time <laughs> so i have a close personal connection to this to the point that i even have a sweater that says i don't know margo on it uh <laughs> that i wear at christmas and uh and people like that sweater because you know like they're like what does that mean oh todd todd i get it yeah so i have a connection to it in that way as well um but i think Ju- it's like one of julia louis dreyfus's best roles she's like hysterical in that film um so anyway yeah that one did, did randy quaid about- ever have to come back from uh from canada last i heard he was on the run from people trying to kill him or something oh what? my gosh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there is a deep randy quaid saga out there uh oh well that's i mean i gotta take a break from the matt gates saga that i've been going down to go look up some randy quaid shit yeah right on did you ever see christmas vacation too no i haven't <laughs> i didn't it know is. that was a thing oh it's oh i know it exists horrible. but yeah it's, I... <laughs> it's randy quaid only, like it's him and his family and I recommend watching there's a there's a a red letter (laughs) media best of the worst where they talk about that's the only way you should watch uh Christmas Vacation 2 is watching their breakdown of it it's very there is a Randy Quaid movie that I want to make you guys watch at some time or at some point it's Bob Balaban's uh parents and it is about a kid yeah Yeah. I I love that movie it is dark comedy meets uh like light horror yeah, it's a kid growing up in like '50s Americana, and he thinks that his parents might be cannibals because all they ever eat for dinner is leftovers. But what they're left over from, who knows? <laughs> it's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I, I think it's on like Tubi TV or something. I, I was excited sure. that it's back in the mix. Nice. So, what's your number Wait, one, Richard? Time for number one? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Number one with a bullet, Big Lebowski. Okay. Fair. I, I, I don't fair. think there's anything to say about this movie that we didn't already say in the Coen brothers, but it's great. I love it. And I we were talking about things that came back around. Like you said, you did you say you didn't like Life Aquatic at first and you were wrong? I can now yeah, say I, mean, I was wrong about uh, Big Lebowski. Last time when we watched it for the pod, I was laughing my ass off. And we still quote it occasionally now in the house. So, um, yeah. And you can I, now buy a Sam was wrong t-shirt at the yes, Talking Celluloid store. Uh, we take Bitcoin. So my number one is, and I, this was really hard, but I think pound for pound, the movie that will always make me laugh will be Blues Brothers. I think it's one mm-hmm. of the funniest movies ever made. Nonstop laughing. Love it. Um, we watched it a couple of months ago and I knew I, it wasn't even a matter of, was it still going to hold up? No, it still totally holds up. And it also has that thing that I, what I liked about the movie that I picked, which is um, insane collateral damage to shit. <laughs> like when they, There is nothing sacred in that movie. They will break and destroy everything just for the sake of breaking and destroying it. And it's super funny. Yeah, that had to be so fun to film. Oh God, yeah, we're gonna trash as long as you cars. didn't own that. How mall? many? A million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that mall. Well, I think they're gonna tear it down anyway. But yeah, yeah. It, it was that's that scene is so that was like when a little kid. Holy shit, laughing your you ass. You still off. can't find that Caprice because they broke every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> sure that. So. Very nice. How about you, Todd? What's number one? For me, this was the only pick that was pretty easy. Not that I think it's so much better than everything else, but just it's always just held a special place in my heart. It's a 1985 Jonathan Lynn film uh, based on a board game. It's Clue. Oh, it's yes. my uh, favorite comedy of all time. Um, I think it's casting uh, perfection. I think it's um quick witty humor that is perfect uh it's entertaining it's got um a fun kind of mystery action element to it as well it's just a wonderful film i can't believe how well it works it's got one of the best endings ever i love it i I honestly think this is almost perfect movie yeah i agree i was gonna say this was when we were talking about what movies we were gonna pick i almost picked clue Mm. um and I think about that line. I that your the casting is so perfect in that movie. Yeah. And I think about the flames, flames, flames on the side <laughs> of my face. <laughs> that is one of the best lines in a movie ever, and one of the best deliveries ever. It's yes, so good. I agree. I mean, any movie that you get to to cast Tim Curry in, it's going to help your movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, what movie is he ever bad in? Not I. Well, there's probably one out there that what, somebody could be with. But the he's... Good Witch or whatever it was called. No, even that, oh no, he's, he's still he's still the best part oh, of that. Movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or into a cat. Yeah. Totally. Yes. All day absolutely. long. All day long. <laughs> all day long. But no, he's amazing in that, and yeah, I just love everyone in that film, and it still just consistently makes me laugh. When my daughter and I are trying to figure out a film to watch. We have this general rule that if we can't within 10 minutes, we'll just watch Clue. And so that's how we... (laughs) It's not a bad rule. rule. That's how we end up watching Clue a lot. So yeah, so that's my favorite. Uh, We we have a friend who she's obsessed with the game Clue. So once we had Mm -hmm. a day where we played Clue and watched Clue, it was a good day. That's fun. A good day. 
Very fun. So we're each just kind of picked a comedy film to talk about, like we usually do, pick a film. Um, I picked Hot Rod. I Now, the reason I picked this movie is I think it got lost in the Apatow shuffle. You know what I mean? It, um, it's an Andy Samberg, Lonely Island movie, but I think it came out around the same time. It came out the same time as like Knocked Up, Super Bad. Everyone was doing the Apatow movies. And I think it kind of got lost and doesn't really get talked about enough. Um, Didn't this actually predate the rest of the Lonely Island stuff? I, I feel like it was a year no, or two before. No, I mean, like, are you talking about like the YouTube videos and stuff like that? I, or at least before, like, they broke into the public consciousness. No, because it, it came after that, but um, okay. after the the YouTube videos, but and like some of the it came around like when they first started doing digital shorts on SNL. But um, this movie is it's silly. You want to talk about silly comedy? This movie is stupid as hell. I love it to death. I love how I love Bill Hader and Danny McBride in it. Um, I like physical humor. Like you're Todd. I know you said you don't really like slapstick. There's something about the injuries on this because they are so sudden and on like, they're not like glory. Like it's just like, boom, it's, there's something about how immediate it is that every time there's, he crashes is hilarious to me. Yeah, they don't feel like movie crashes. They feel like you actually watch somebody eat. Yeah, <laughs> just eat it. Yeah. Oh, and that the kick, the shadow boxing scene in the forest. I, I literally, I watched it again with Nicole last night and I was crying, laughing, needed to take a breath after it was done. It still gets me every time. You talk about like a joke that goes on too long where it starts to be, and then it becomes <laughs> funny again. And then like by the edge, you're dying laughing. Yeah. <laughs> So what'd you guys yeah, think? First ride? hill fall. Uh, <laughs> first time he falls down the hill reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer yes. is falling into to Springfield Gorge. Yes. It's yes. very and there's something about the way he says, shut when he like his foot catches it. <laughs> and just like when you think you've had enough, he does like a little vocal. Ah! <laughs> gets me every time. Oh it's also the sweetest, you know, most wholesome movie about kicking your stepdad's ass I've ever seen. I know, right? I was gonna say this is like the least one of the least mean spirited movies I've ever seen. Everyone besides Will Arnett and the stepdad are like so wholesome and sweet and genuine i love it well even the relationship with the dad is somehow sweet in a way though like that's what's amazing is um i know i said i don't like love love uh slapstick but this is an exception i did really enjoy this movie um especially on a rewatch i think i appreciated even more um so i'm a i'm a fan but i think the casting of ian mcshane as the stepdad is crucial just like critical he is beyond perfect in that role and he and Andy Samberg have such great chemistry together you really believe that they like love each other yet want to kick each other's ass somehow (laughs) and uh it's perfect I I laughed at a lot of the same stuff you did I really liked it plus I have a crush on Isla Fisher so that's uh yeah yeah who doesn't all right fair enough Sissy Space I totally forget totally forgot Sissy Spacek was in this movie and her like well the cast in the movie it. yeah everyone is is great and there's some yeah. huge names like i think this is probably like one of the most stacked casts of a widely critically panned movie that i can think of yeah and it's weird because it aged so much better than a lot of movies of its time yeah mm-hmm. i like even like chris parnell playing the am radio host and like going through the am yeah like <laughs> <laughs> so or, or the 
the riot breaking out as they're like that, they're walking through the city. That is the one. Of the and then Danny McBride's holding a TV. It's like, yeah, man, it just it just turned on a corner. <laughs> so you know, no one values each other's property, you know. And uh, yeah. Bill Hader is fantastic. And then, what do we do? He's like talking about taking acid against the chunk of metal in his head, and he's just yeah. super chill in the car. Oh God, I love that. And uh, that final fight, like. It, yeah. is, as they finally square off. Yeah, it, this movie does deliver. And like, I didn't remember liking this movie that much. And on revisit, I, I liked it a lot better. Yeah, it's uh, very funny. The uh, the music is pretty amazing in this yes. movie as well. Like uh, one of the, that was one of the things that really stood out to me this time is like the music is funny just in and of itself. It works so well in that scene where he's, yeah, dance fighting or whatever, or shadow Don't fighting. You never, 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 yeah, never, yeah. never. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the riot scene, uh, Nicole did some time in um, Australia, didn't do some time, like jail, but like, <laughs> lived there for a bit. And I guess she was shipped like, off from England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I guess that's like some Australian anthem. Like that's their journey. Don't stop believing. And it's like, I guess that's like a real deep cut. But yeah, mm. it's all in all, the music in that is fantastic. That riot scene. I, I always forget it's in there. That's how great yeah. it is and how like suddenly it changes. Yeah, yeah. Like I always, I've seen it, I've seen this movie probably four or five times and I always forget the riot scenes in there. Yeah. It is impossible to leave this movie in any state other than pumped. Yeah. Just super yeah. stoked. You can do it, dude. So. I heard like Andy Samberg once, or maybe it was Akiva. Is that his name? The uh, other yeah. guy in Lonely Island, Kiva Schaefer, and or then Akiva Schaefer. I think the is one. There's three of. There's three guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's three of them, and uh, one of them said that like their movies are just kind of about everyday heroes who don't have to go through any arc really in the movie. Like they just kind of like they're. <laughs> eventually yeah. they just kind of get what they need without having to make much emotional change uh and they get to stay these characters which is funny if you've also seen like brigsby bear which they had something to do with and like some of their other films uh so yeah it, it was oh, great like Good even pick. isla fisher gets some lines in this like, oh yeah uh, will arnett's I always hilarious find it funny that he's married to, to sasha baron cohen because i of was the i didn't know that until last night yeah um yeah as someone else who is is a foot taller than my partner it's difficult. It hurts your back. <laughs> Poor Sasha. Okay. So that was my pick, Hot Rod. If you haven't seen it or if you think you saw it like when it first came out and you're like, eh, it was all right. I recommend giving it a rewatch. I, it's very funny and it's very sweet. Yeah. I, I second that motion. Agreed. Passes. Unanimous. Unanimous. So, Richard, let's talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, not just comedy, but just one of my favorite movies. Look, I have a brand to protect, so I'm going to bring it down, <laughs> even in the comedy episode, with In Bruges, uh, the saddest comedy that I can think of. But truly one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, I die through some of the dialogue in this movie. And just and so, some of it, it's, it's hard to explain out of context of why I'm laughing so hard at Brendan Gleeson saying two manky prostitutes and a racist dwarf and they're just storming out of the room the scene when he comes out of the bathroom like you guys want to do cocaine and like his eyes are just huge that freaking kills me yeah 
so one of the interesting things that I noticed that I'd never noticed in this movie before is in the scene before Ray Fiennes calls in and gives him the the order to to kill mm-hmm. uh, Colin Farrell. They use the scene from Touch of Evil, which is an Orson Welles movie. It starts off with you watching them put a time bomb in the trunk of a car. Yeah. This long tracking shot with all the, you know, you, the audience, know exactly how this is going to play out. And you're just waiting to see where it goes off. And they time this exactly when he gets the call that, you know, that Colin's got to die. I, I thought it was just a, a really cool nod there. And, and Martin McDonough is, is somebody who he clearly has a, a system of writing characters where he wants to focus on interesting characters instead of likable characters. And it yeah. works really well for his films. Uh, so I, I chose this in part because this to me is, is the anti-road movie. You know, this is the exact opposite of the, the heartwarming, you know, planes, trains and automobiles type of thing. And I personally think that all of us have a, a Bruges. When he talks at the ending about, you know, hell being Bruges or being stuck in Bruges forever, I, I think that that just really resonates with me. And probably anyone who's had to take a trip that they weren't fully in charge of choosing the place. So my personal Bruges is uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We took a family trip there. And like, I felt like this character where everything is just spiraling badly out of your control. You just don't want to be there. You understand that it's, it's appealing for somebody, but it's just not you. Yeah. And, you know, you just feel in this role of just like, fuck, I'm just stuck here. And everything about this place sucks. Mine's What's Vail, Colorado. Uh, I hate it. I went on a terrible, it wasn't even really a trip. I had to pick up an ex was was working there for the summer working with her like relative out there and i drove her mother out there so the way out there i had to drive with her mom um it was so bad it was the worst and i so the circumstances were terrible to begin with b i hate like the elite classism thing and it wasn't like in this it's a ski town but i went in the summertime so the only people who live there are like the rich property managers pretty Mm -hmm. much and um they're horrible people absolutely horrible judgmental shitty people and i will try not to give them any of my money ever again i try i will try to never go into that town and give them any money period so no todd do you have a bruge lexington kentucky oh i got i i was in a conference there that went horrible and i got in a fight with somebody i knew well there and it was uh like a place i didn't a conference i didn't want to go to in the first place but my graduate advisor said i should go to get a conference in and it was just hell and so like i i think about that place and i shudder so i understand and that's it is like these places that they leave this like scar in your brain every time you think about them and and this movie kind of hits it uh and like some of the throwaway lines are just so funny like I, I remember the line from Colin Farrell where the the fake boyfriend bursts in and is trying to shake him down. He's like, we didn't even have sex. I just put my hand on it. And like, he's yeah. like falling to the back of the bed. <laughs> like, of course you're blind. I shot you with a blank in the face. <laughs> yeah. or, or the scene where like he's talking to the Americans outside of the tower and like, he's just, he's he's well-meaning. He's just coming off like a dick. Yeah. So they get mad at him and then Brendan Lee, oh no, no, seriously, you don't. It's like, really narrow. Off. It's really narrow up there. Yeah. So I looked it up and apparently Colin Farrell, is that his name? 
Yeah. yeah. They yeah. got a Golden Globe for the, his performance in that movie, which I didn't, uh, I, I had never even heard of this movie until you recommended it, uh, Rich, actually. It was just this weird dark spot in my brain. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I'd, I'd never even heard That's of it. That's surprising for you. You've seen yeah. a lot of movies. <laughs> it is. So I, I don't know what happened that I missed it, but I really loved it. I'm a huge Colin uh, Farrell fan, though. Like, I just yeah, think me he's too. great in everything he does. I just, I love him. I need to watch this movie a second time to focus more on the dialogue. And like, because I think this is a movie that probably benefits from rewatching. It does. If I had to guess. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw this in movie theaters, and the reason I saw it in yeah. theaters was the trailer for it had a, a pixie song, Got Something Against Me, off of Surfer Rosa. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if you got a pixie song, especially sure. like not a major cut pixie song as your trailer yeah. video, I, I, I'm going to have to watch this movie. Also, total, total misleading song. That is a high-paced energy song. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is a slow one. But it was still oh. fantastic. And <laughs> I, there's also I bought it on DVD. I don't have it on anymore, unfortunately. But there is a supercut of every swear word in this movie on the DVD, and it's fantastic. I totally, I think it's on YouTube. Totally worth watching because you forget how much they say fuck in this movie. Oh it's yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, and and like Colin Farrell does a great job with his role, but I I still I default to Brett and Gleason and uh, Ray Fiennes. Ray like, Fiennes is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Like I, I just picture that that's what Ray Fiennes is like in real life. Is is just like <laughs> when he's talking to his wife, you're like, you're a fucking inanimate object. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm sorry, I called you an inanimate object. Was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Seven Psychopaths? I, I yeah. watched it once. I want to, I need to rewatch. It's that. great. I love it. I, I, I like In Bruges better, but I think it, it definitely has more jokes in it. Yeah. And more Christopher Walken. And more Christopher Walken. The part where he's like, he's like, he's like, go or like, I can't, I can't remember. He says, he's like, drop the gun. And he's like, no, I don't want him. He's just like <laughs> this old man who's like given up. He's like, fuck this. I just, sure, shoot me. <laughs> I, I also love the bet at the end where he's just like, you know, like, I'm going to dive out this window and you're going to have a clear shot at me. And, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, the- I'm making this fair. And he's like, he can't hit me from that. And then bam, right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I gotta watch that. That'll be fun. Yeah, it, yeah. If you like Embrace, you'll like Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, I did. All right, let's bring it to a close here. What movie yep. did you pick, Todd? All right, so for my pick, I went with, you know, like when we, I'm trying to figure out which one I wanted to 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 make y'all watch. I wanted to go with something like this is my go-to if I'm in a bad mood, this film will definitely cheer me up. But like my family likes and everything. Like I went with the 1990, uh, 1988 Steven Chiodo film, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So if you haven't seen this film, it does have the luxury of a title that lets you know pretty much the plot of the film, which is that, yeah, killer clowns (laughs) come from outer space and invade a small town and it is that premise in my opinion personally executed to perfection like for me at least like obviously since i love this film but i'm excited to hear your thoughts but uh i think it's got a bunch of like creative but just like hysterical kills it just makes me laugh a lot throughout luckily it holds up <clears throat> like i would i i think it has like a 97% holds up 
as not being offensive in any like unfortunate 1980s no. way, uh, which is nice when you watch a 1980s film. And uh, yeah, I like it a lot. What do you, what do you guys think? It's definitely holds up better than Porky's say, or even Revenge yep. of the Nerds. Um, yep. No, I, this movie is one of those movies that similar to like an evil dead Two, where I've seen it so much that like, I don't really laugh at it anymore, but I have such a nostalgic, the first time you see it and, when she goes to jump out the window and the clowns are all dressed like firemen and they have the little trampoline <laughs> like shit like that like i have such a fondness for it and like okay did you guys know there's a hardcore band called the chiodi brothers Just i think Chiyote. it's kyoto but oh kyoto okay. oh is it okay sorry um well, but um they also did critters which is amazing um i but yeah this movie is perfectly executed for what it wants to be the freaking what do you plan on doing with those pies fellas yeah what are you gonna do with those <laughs> pies boys is no. an epic line but then but then they literally put a cherry on top of that joke yeah. which is freaking <laughs> great <laughs> yeah richard what um, do you think so yeah i I've, I've got a lot of notes on this movie um because this movie was one of the movies as a horror movie person growing up that still scared me as a kid and still oh. makes me uncomfortable to this day. Like I look at this as comedic horror and not a horror comedy because mm -hmm. something about the creature design of the Kyoto's is just so upsetting on some level. And like mm -hmm. they brought these same puppets back for Ernest scared stupid. And I hated yeah. them just as much in that. And like, I think that they're really smart about how they want about making this movie mm -hmm. because they're, for a PG-13 movie, again, you you drop your guard and there is a ton of implied gore, but very little like on-screen gore. So they get yeah. away with so much. And yeah. uh, I, I, I wrote a thing here about, uh, you know, looking at the killer clowns from a scientific uh, standpoint. The killer clowns are an ambush predator. They use aggressive <laughs> mimicry to draw in their prey and much like spiders or mantids, take them out wrap them in goo and then drink them like a an energy drink uh and like that, that's some of that the stuff that like got to me as a kid and even as an adult where i'm just like this is horrific you no know, you know what part got so to me funny. today that never got to me before and like i because i never really thought this movie was scary i always just thought it was fun and tongue-in-cheek mm -hmm. and there's an argument to be said about like making an not like an intentionally bad movie, but an intentionally super silly movie like this tongue in cheek, you know, there was like, Oh, do they kind of know, like, is it kind of overdoing it? But the scene that actually unnerved me today that never unnerved me before was when the clown mimicked the bear at the beginning of, or at the um, entrance to the drugstore. Yeah. That legit unnerved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Ooh, I know that never bothered me before, but now all of a sudden I, I'm not digging that. I mean, in a good way. Yeah. Well, one of the weird things with, with this movie is the gap between the set design and then the like lighting and filming and direction and and everything else is so big. It's it's Grand yeah. Canyon big. Mm. Um, and like this movie is essentially just a bunch of small vignettes that all tie into killer clowns that are just stitched together. And like all of this should work against it because like the lighting is really bad. You switch from like yeah. flat boring lighting to just really bad rim lights and everything looks like you know kind of an 80s uh like tv show but, but the colors just pop like crazy so it's like yeah. it's fine yeah, yeah it all just works it like 
it's impossible to intentionally make a good bad movie, but that's exactly what this is. Yeah, and the yeah. the ice cream truck drivers, but the, the end, brothers. Yeah, it's like we hung it. We had we hid out in the freezer. Yeah, you want some popsy or popsy dicks or whatever the fuck they call it. <laughs> and then they well, keep I, arguing. After they one go fuck in to, for a PG thirteen yeah, rating. Yep. Uh, the, the line, there's no time to explain with like a two minute explanation following immediately yeah. there. <laughs> okay, um, so- also, all the cotton candy looks like fucking testicles. I- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. It looks like they're drinking blood from a testicle. Yeah. And yeah. it's horrifying. I, okay. One, a couple things that I wanted to give credit uh, credit to in this film. At the beginning, I really love the old man and his dog. Yeah. <laughs> his dog, his poor dog, Pooh Bear. Now, would that pass a Liz test since you don't see the death on screen? Or would she be able to... No, this, this, this movie does not pass the Liz test on, okay. on a number of fronts. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, but, I, I offered her the chance to join me for this movie and like it was an instant no. And then no. The, um, I love that. I love Officer Mooney. I think he's one of the funniest oh, yeah. characters in like... He's one of the funniest cop characters for me in like film horror uh, in that he's so over the top evil uh, yet has like this pointless job where like there's really no reason to be that evil. Like there's nobody really doing anything bad in the area. I don't know. I love him. I love the part when he gets used as a puppet. It's great. Oh, well, that's They also great. go yeah. out of their way to make sure that, yeah, the cops are not the heroes in this movie. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you but guys I also notice- find it funny at the end? It's like, has has Mike ever seen a balloon before? Like, they yeah. spend way too much time <laughs> trying to figure out how to get her out of that. And also, like, the scary slow motion balloons. Uh, yeah, th- there's there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a classic uh, for a reason. The boss fight is ridiculous. <laughs> like because that's all i can think of at the end of this movie is that this is a video game boss fight and like i will say the first half of this movie feels significantly better than the second half but this felt like that movie that you were supposed to take your date out date to and you're supposed to be in makeout city by 45 minutes into the thing anyway see i don't see i love this movie too much to admit a half is better but that's interesting to me to hear i i guess if a half of the film is better it probably is the first half i would agree with that um interesting i do find it weird in the beginning like it's like deb did did nobody tell you about you know in the 80s the the peer pressure stuff you like don't just go into a creepy carnival because your boyfriend did just get the fuck out of there bail exactly Oh, can we talk real quick about how great the theme song to this movie is? Yes, I was actually going to say, when you were talking about how good the music was in Hot Rod, I'd be like, well, the best song of the night is definitely <laughs> in Killer Clowns. Well, this this was a thing of the 80s when we include the name of the movie in a song in the movie. And yeah, it's... What I have a li- uh, oh, I have no idea, but doing a... It was Pink Floyd, actually. Oh, <laughs> doing a metal riff on the like doing a metal riff on that is pretty fantastic and it just works so well yeah i have a list on letterboxd of movies that feature songs that feature the title of the movie and like people submit 
things for it all the time, but it's above like about a hundred films now. Okay. But you're right that tons of them though are eighties horror. Eighties horror did that quite a bit. This still somehow works despite you know there are scenes where you can see the seams on the the monster costumes. Yeah. Sure. There, there's a lot of like just cheese stuff, but there's it a lot all of hair on the back of their necks that go down in a V shape right yeah. down the middle, and I'm like, hmm, yeah. But the scene when they like trash his bike and he punches his head off. I think that's yeah. probably the most gore you see, right? Is like the bottom of the neck. That's probably yep. the most gore you see in the probably. Movie. Or yeah. or when they pull back the uh one of the cotton candy things and you see the like melted face. Yeah, that's just okay. it. It's like they yeah. put that one scene so you know exactly what's happening, but then the rest of it you just see the cotton candy. So again, it's all happening in your brain, right? And they still get away with their PG thirteen. That's it. Thank you very much for picking it. It was a nice thing to get to watch. Yeah. Oh, no problem. And Richard, I didn't even ask. I was just kind of like, this is going to be a lone watch for sure. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, I hope that was a little bit of a break from, you know, we did Stephen King and then Cohen, even though Cohen brothers are pretty funny. It's still mm-hmm. nice to have just a little break, a little bit of levity in these crazy ass times. So, <laughs> yep. well, uh, I guess so long. Watch, watch, some, more watch more movies. Watch more movies.